Welcome to the Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight Podcast, brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Trucking Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Trucking, Avery Weiss. As Avery presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading the PDF or PowerPoint of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF and PowerPoint is available now at www.ftrintel.com podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads for the Trucking Market Update, as well as the weekly rail market update with Todd Tronowski and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com podcast. Welcome to FTR's weekly trucking market update. I'm Avery Weiss, Vice President of Trucking. This is episode 193 for the week of December 19th, 2022. Before we start, a reminder that you can download a PDF with graphics related to this discussion at www.ftrintel.com podcast. Okay, let's start as we typically do with diesel prices. You know things have been wild when a decrease of nearly 16 cents is a bit disappointing, but it is sort of disappointing following weeks that saw price drops of 21.3 cents and the week before that 17.4 cents. Still, the 15.8 cent drop in the national average price during the week ended December 19th is the 10th largest on record, so it is nothing to sneeze at. By the way, the 54.5 cent drop in the past three weeks is the fourth largest three-week drop on record. Numbers one and two were in successive weeks in late October and early November 2008 when diesel prices were plummeting from what had then been a record price of $4.76 a gallon in July of that year. And number three on the list was in November of 2005, as fuel prices were normalizing from the surge that followed Hurricanes Katrina and Rita. In any event, diesel prices have now fallen for seven of the past eight weeks for a total of 74.5 cents during that period. The latest national average price is $4.59.6 a gallon. Now, the story so far seems to be continually rising distillate stocks. One thing to watch, though, is the weather. We are finally starting to see old man winter, and that could drive up demand for home heating oil in the Northeast and, to a somewhat lesser extent, the Midwest, thus putting pressure on distillate stocks and diesel prices. So we'll have to watch this closely over the next few weeks. Okay, let's move on, and we'll talk about the spot market for truck freight. During the weekend of December 16th of this year, and that is week 50 of the year. Now, at the outset, I think we're getting to the period of the year when spot metrics don't mean all that much. So we're not going to dig into them quite as deeply as we usually do. And that's probably the approach we're going to take until we're at least a couple of weeks into the new year. However, all the usual charts are in the presentation deck accompanying the podcast if you're interested. Following a down week for spot metrics, rates, and load activity in the truckstop.com system, or truckstop system, I should say, were higher in total during the week, uh, but flatbed led the principal segments in both categories. Broker-posted rates were down 
in refrigerated and basically flat in dry van week over week, but the flatbed segment saw its first rate increase in five weeks. Load volume in the van segments is still close to the five-year average, but flatbed load activity remains far below average. Total spot volume increased 8% after falling 19% in the prior week. The total broker posted spot rate in the market increased more than a penny after falling more than six cents in the prior week. Let's look very briefly at rates in volume by segment. Dry van spot rates were unchanged week over week. Volume was up just a little over 1%. Refrigerated rates decreased more than two cents. Loads increased about 12%. And flatbed spot rates increased nearly 12 cents. Volume was up 15%. Okay, let's wrap up the weekly indicators with a quick look at unemployment benefits and mortgage rates. The latest week saw drop um, saw a drop in initial claims for unemployment benefits of 20,000 to 211,000 seasonally adjusted. The level of first-time claims was the lowest since September. Meanwhile, continued claims for benefits barely changed in the latest week after surging by 325,000 seasonally adjusted over the past 10 weeks. And mortgage rates declined for the fifth straight week, but the latest decrease was marginal. The average rate in a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage was 6.31%, down from 6.33%, according to Freddie Mac. Okay, let's move on to monthly indicators. And what we saw in November, broadly speaking, is a slowing of both the consumer and industrial sectors. However, that slowing apparently came with a benefit that we'll talk about later. Let's start with the industrial sector. Industrial production in November eased 0.2%. That's the largest increase since one of the same degree back in June. But output in key areas was even weaker than the total industrial production number implies. And that's because utilities output jumped 3.6% after three straight months of declines. The gain in utilities partially offset increases or decreases of 0.6% in manufacturing and 0.7% in mining. Industrial production in November was 2.8% ahead of the pre-pandemic month of February 2020. Manufacturing output saw broad weaknesses as the indexes for both durable and non-durable manufacturing declined 0.6%. Sectors seeing strength month over month were wood products, computer and electronic products, and aerospace and miscellaneous transportation equipment. Manufacturing output was 2.6% ahead of February 2020. Declines in other sectors offset those gains, especially in motor vehicles and parts. Excluding the automotive sector, manufacturing output declined 0.4%. Motor vehicles and parts outputs fell 2.8%. Um, That's the largest month-over-month -month drop since February. And it dipped below February 2020 levels for the first time since June. Within mining, the indexes for oil and gas extraction and for oil and gas drilling um, each fell 0.7%. Drilling activity had risen almost without interruption for more than two years. Mining output has never fully recovered from the pandemic and is currently 1.6% below February 2020 levels. The closest output has come 
to full recovery was pretty close. It was a 0.2% deficit back in September. Okay, let's move on. We'll look at a key set of indicators for the consumer sector, and that's retail and food service sales. Those sales decreased 0.6% in November, seasonally adjusted in current dollars. Um, after the sharp uh, 1.3% gain in October. The most significant contributor to the decline was a 2.3% drop in motor vehicle and parts dealer sales. Furniture and home furnishing store sales fell 2.6%. Building materials and garden supplies dealer sales were down 2.5%. And sales of electronics and appliances stores declined 1.5%. Changes month over month in other major retail categories were smaller. Gasoline station sales were essentially flat at minus 0.1%, and that was the same change that we saw in general merchandise store sales. Non-store retail was down 0.9%. Only four major retail sectors saw growth, and two of them were related to food. Food and beverage stores were up 0.8%, and food services and drinking places rose 0.9%. Those gains were a bit stronger than the consumer price indexes for food at home and food away from home for November. That was 0.5% in both cases. We'll talk a little bit more about the CPI later. Total retail and food service sales were only slightly weaker on an inflation-adjusted basis than they were in current dollars. According to data from the St. Louis Federal Reserve, real retail food service, retail and food service sales declined 0.7%. In current dollars, retail and food service sales in November were 31% ahead of February 2020. Adjusted for inflation, they were up 13.8%. Non-store retail is still the sector with the largest growth during the pandemic with sales in November that were 63% ahead of February 2020. Gas station sales were second at a little bit more than 53%, but of course that comparison is almost totally a function of pricing. The only other sector with weaker current dollar sales than before the pandemic was electronics and appliance stores, which were down 4% compared to February 2020. However, department store sales were up just 0.6%, and that means that if we adjust for inflation, sales almost certainly were weaker than they were in February of 2020. Okay, let's stay in the retail sector. We'll look at inventories. October was a notable month for retail, uh, the retail sector because inventories were leaner than they were the month before for the first time since January. Inventories to sales ratio for the overall retail sector declined to 1.22 from 1.24, seasonally adjusted in September. The ratio in October was the lowest since June. Now, one factor in the lower um, ratio was obviously the 1.3% increase in retail trade sales that we saw during October, but inventories themselves also contributed, although only very slightly so. Total retail trade inventories declined 0.2%, after they had held flat in September. Excluding the automotive sector, however, retail trade inventories fell 0.5% um, in October. The inventories to sales ratio for retail excluding automotive also declined in October, 
dropping from 1.17 to 1.15. That's the lowest ratio since March. One retail sector seeing a notable drop in the ratio recently has been general merchandise, which had seen inventories relative to sales swell earlier in the year. Now, the move toward leaner inventories in October might be short-lived in some sectors. The Census Bureau combines furniture and home furnishings and electronics and appliance stores for purposes of calculating inventories and ratios. The inventories-to-sales ratios for that combined category fell sharply in October, but as I already noted a few minutes ago, sales in those two categories in November were sharply down. So that would be a factor that, you know, putting aside what happens with inventories themselves, that would certainly make the denominator smaller because that's where the sales go and that would tend to drive up the inventories to sales ratio. A little bit of a math lesson there for you. Okay, uh, I mentioned at the beginning of our discussion of monthly indicators that there appeared to be a silver lining to a slower economy and that's inflation at the consumer level, which cooled in November. The All Items Consumer Price Index increased just a tenth of a percent, and that compares to a four-tenths of a percent increase that we saw both in September and October. Now, falling prices for energy, especially gasoline, was the principal factor in this tamer inflation environment, but most major categories at least saw smaller gains in November than they saw in October. The food index was up 0.5%, but that's the smallest increase since one of the same degree in December of last year. The six-tenths of a percent increase in the shelter index was the smallest since July. The index for new vehicles was flat in November, but the index for used cars and trucks fell 2.9%. That's the largest drop since March. The 12-month change in the All Items Index was 7.1%. That's down from 7.7% in October, and it's the lowest since December of 2021. However, one factor in the deceleration is that inflation has been high for such an extended period that year-over-year comparisons naturally will stabilize, absent accelerating inflation. So there you go, another math lesson. Although energy prices were key to moderating the All Items Index, inflation cooled slightly even if we exclude the volatile energy and food sectors. The CPI less food and energy edged up two-tenths of a percent. That's down from 0.3% in October and the smallest increase we've seen since one of the same scope in August of 2021. The 12-month change in the CPI less food and energy eased to 6.0% from 6.3% in October. Okay, let's wrap up the podcast uh, by recapping some key takeaways for the week. Diesel prices continued to fall sharply. The spot market did not change much in the latest week. First-time claims for unemployment benefits fell sharply. Mortgage rates barely moved. Industrial production and manufacturing declined. Retail sales fell after October's solid gain. Retail inventories were slightly leaner in October. 
and consumer inflation continued to cool slightly. We'll be taking a break for the holidays next week, but we will return during the week of January 2nd with a rundown of what we missed during the week off. Happy holidays to our listeners. That's it for FDR's Trucking Market Update, episode 193 for the week of December 19th, 2022. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we hope you will join us in 2020. That's it for this week's Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF and PowerPoint of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business.